0: Welcome to the third season of Better News, a series of special podcasts it's all journalism is producing in partnership with the American Press Institute. I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Better News offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. The effort is fueled by API and the Knight Lenfest Local News Transformation Fund. The goal of this podcast series is to highlight some of the useful research API has published as part of its Better News initiative. The Los Angeles Times has a long history of hosting successful in-person events, its annual Festival of Books, for example, draws more than 150,000 people every spring. But when the COVID-19 pandemic hit in early 2020, many of those events were at risk of being canceled. Samantha Melbourne-Weaver is the audience engagement director at The Times, and Donna Wares is the book club editor and the live events editor. They recently wrote a piece for the Better News Initiative about how The Los Angeles Times built a compelling series of virtual events during the pandemic. Samantha and Donna, welcome to the Better News podcast.
1: Hi, happy to be here. Thank you so much for having us. Have fun.
0: To start off with, tell me a little bit about each of your roles at the times. What what were you doing before the pandemic, Samantha? Let's let's start with you.
2: I, I was also audience engagement director before the pandemic, overseeing search, social comments, really any sort of audience engagement effort, including events, and, you know, running a, a team that does whatever, kind of whatever we can to bring as many readers as possible to the LA Times, really try to serve our audience.
1: Uh, how about you, Donna? I returned to the LA Times in 2019, and I came back uh, to launch the LA Times Book Club. I had this idea that we have, you know, uh, we have this amazing festival of books every April uh, that brings huge crowds of people. And I pitched the idea of um, why not keep the storytelling and the conversation going all year round? I'd started uh, successful community book clubs here, previously in Southern California, as a managing editor of the Orange County Register. and then I ran um, a community book club uh, called Northwest Passages. I launched that up at the Spokesman View in Washington State. And then I uh, came back and we launched uh, the book club. And the idea was that we would convene every month with coverage and discussion leading up to live events uh, with authors about books that are especially relevant and subjects uh, to our LA readers.
0: you know what role does uh, or, or do events play at the Los Angeles Times?
2: Well, you know, we have a a very strong and smart um, in-person events team sort of on our business side. so we we have as an organization a strong track record of putting on. Live in-person events at cool venues like theaters and and such parks, open spaces, universities. So we have a long history of of putting on events that bring in hundreds of thousands of people. In the case of the Festival of Books, Uh, so we think our brand is kind of already synonymous with with some events?
1: Yeah, but what's different um, now is when the pandemic shut everything down, my thought was, well, we can't convene all of those people at USC for the Festival of Books, uh, but right away, while we were still trying to get laptops to reporters and everyone to work at home, I reached out to the video team to say, can we uh, work on uh producing a virtual book club? Can we find a way to reach our our readers that way? And we got very lucky because not only did the video team help us, but uh, the LA Times Today TV crew uh, lent their assistance as well. That was how um, what Sam always calls our our virtual skunkworks operation was born.
0: Is that uh, what you did, not just for the uh, book festival, for the other live events that you were doing?
1: Well, the book festival was was dead in this, and it was not going to come back for 2020 because that was April, that was right away. That's a huge event. We started very small with the pandemic shutting everything down and all resources were to just get the newspaper out every day and cover, obviously, a major story. We started our virtual operation uh, very, uh, you know, really uh, bare bones um, just to keep the initial focus was, let's just keep our monthly conversation going because we for our book club, we do author interview, Uh, We do some discussions around a book. We had an event scheduled uh, for the spring with two LA Noir writers. And so we said, well, let's see if instead of holding that in a small theater, we could uh, figure out uh, how to move that to a virtual event.
2: And then separately, in, in response to COVID and sort of the fear and concern that readers had when we really had very little information last March. I had started just doing these really informal video chats that we were broadcasting on Facebook with our science editor and some science reporters. And so sort of simultaneously, we were figuring out these sort of video and where we could broadcast and how that, how that online broadcasting would work while Donna was figuring out how to keep the book club going. <laughs> so it kind of came together because we were both you know reaching out to the video team. And so that was kind of like a happy like accident. That they both happened at once.
0: What technology were you using? Was it were these sort of Zoom meetings? Is this something that you were doing Facebook Live or a combination or something else?
2: So we actually started doing those in real life in the office before we all started working from home, <laughs> <laughs> but we had gotten the mechanics down already of what of a show like flow should be and. Uh, where to put it on, you know, on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and such. And it wasn't until Donna came in with the book club that we that we started involving Zoom. You
0: yeah, I know, I know, Donna, you were talking about uh, that you had, uh, you know, you mentioned the two noir authors, but I also saw that you had other sort of interview events going on. You know, what type of guests were you having? What type of topics were you discussing?
1: Well, we tried to, um, you know, uh, while we were planning events, Sam was also seeing um, on the audience side what people are looking for. What books should I read? How do I cook at home? Um, You know, what TV shows should I watch? So, you know, we built our book club around book club events around topics people would be interested in um, we did a, uh, an early book called always home it was a book about uh food and cooking by you know Alice Waters and her daughter had put together which was just a perfect book um we did the pandemic classic station 11 um someone suggested that and and we had a huge audience i think early on uh, when we live stream on facebook twitter and and youtube 30,000 views came in to watch uh the the uh, cl- a discussion about much. Emily St. John Mandel's classic Station Eleven about people who live through a pandemic. So we tried to do events and books and discussions that would be uh, relative to the moment. But then um, from there, uh, we also launched some um, other kinds of virtual events. We launched the Ultimate Summer Movie Showdown. We had a a team of uh, movie critics and no new movies coming out. So we had the idea of, well, why don't we let the readers pick what movie we'd all watch and discuss in the summer? And so we did a six 16-week ultimate summer movie showdown. Uh, and when the, you know, when the readers picked uh, a movie like, um, you know, Mission Impossible, we brought in the director from London to talk to us about what it was like making Mission Impossible, the movie then, and him making the next movie. Um, we did a We Can Teach You That and showed people who are cooking at home how to make your own cookbook. And but we brought in one of our staffers who has made cookbooks with all the top chef author, authors to show readers how to make their cookbook. So we tried to make our live journalism events things that would be coming out of our coverage and what we saw readers are interested in.
0: I, I like I like hearing that. I like hearing that. You know what 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 are our readers interested in? You know what books do they want to read, what topics do they want to get, get information, and in? what events can we sort of, you know, develop around those interests? You know, what was the audience engagement like throughout the pandemic as you were sort of rolling these things out?
2: it's only gotten better. We started really, really strong. And in even some of the really early events, especially for Ultimate Summer Movie Challenge, we had like 80,000 people tuning in, which is, crazy when you think about how many people used to come to book club, right? We would get, you know, 2,000 maybe in a theater, depending yeah, on how big the space was.
1: We thought it was huge. We did an event with Julie Andrews and her memoir at the Orpheum Theater downtown in November, a couple of months before the shutdown. And we thought, wow, 2,000 people. Uh, that was astonishing to us.
2: <laughs> and but what's what's really cool about this virtual format is that we can talk to people during the event right? In comments on Twitter, et cetera. And then we hear from them after the fact, we can see who's sharing them. And we've gotten a lot better about, you know, obviously communicating with them in real time so we can make tweaks, we can answer their questions. So engagement's only gotten, the quality has really gotten better, but also, you know, we've steadily built up an audience that comes back time and time
1: again. As we started doing it, um, we had more people signing up on Eventbrite so they could get the direct links to watch on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. And as the signups grow, if we have several thousand people signing up in advance for the events, what we always did in live book club events is if you come to our event, we give you a survey. And we say, hey, tell us what you like. What do we get right? What can we do better next time? What surprised you? What should we read next time? And at a time when everyone is really in a bad mood, when everyone was was grouchy we were just stunned because our reader surveys came back people thanked us saying oh thank you for keeping the book club going and we love this this is what we liked um this is what we'd like to read next time people kept saying can you get carolyn c um no lisa c carolyn sees c her mother also um who was a very uh famous la author her daughter carolyn say can you do um a no- the novels of Car- of lisa c and so we did we brought in lisa c and the Island of Sea Women. And our readers told us that that was an LA writer. They wanted to escape. Um, And we did books like that. We escaped to the Island of Sea Women with our readers in January. That was a great way to start off the new year. And that book came and that author came because our readers told us.
0: How agile did you feel you could be? I mean, how quickly were you able to sort of get a sense of what the audience was interested in and then maybe develop something to sort of address that?
1: Well, we had a, um, a full book club lineup for the year for, or most of it planned out for 2020. And as the pandemic hit, authors weren't touring, we weren't doing live events, book club put off. So we just threw everything out. So we operated in real time and decided to go uh, literally uh, kind of month to month. And that worked out great because authors were just kind of, uh, you know, the book schedules were shifting, authors were um, getting their legs under them uh, doing virtual events. And the, the main thing that was really really great and why our events uh, looked good is because our TV team um, right away partnered with us and they said, here, um, we're not just going to do them as simple uh, Zoom events, the production quality. They brought in their audio engineer and they would just find a little time for us and in between their regular jobs uh, to help us, uh, you know, do put in graphics, put in photos. If we're talking about a book like The Island of Sea Women or we're going with Bonnie Sue, Why We Swim, we swam around the world with her. Uh, We put in photos and graphics. Uh, We bring in pop up readers to surprise uh, read, uh, readers. And and the other is we use our, our talent in the newsroom to do the interviews. So I'm the host of the book club, and but we always have different interviews. So, for example, when we read Migrations by Charlotte McConaughey, that was a, a really beautifully written novel uh, by an Australian author uh, dealing with climate change. I brought in our reporter who is an expert on the oceans and climate change. So it was a really smart conversation. And every one of our events, we bring in different staffers.
2: We try to make a point of pivoting with the news. You know, some of our our franchises, like Ask a Reporter, uh, we spin up really quickly because we're answering to a news event. So we've hosted conversations with our, just with our reporters about issues of the day, homelessness, environmentalism, education, you know, going back to school, all the questions that people have about that. So we are able to do really quick turn events to, to speak with our reporters. And now we're starting to branch out into newer formats like clubhouse or Twitter spaces where we can even, even more quickly host a conversation with very minimal production.
0: That all sounds great. And it seems like you're able to think on your feet, you know, come up with topics that, that were sort of pleasing your audience. And then you had the mechanisms in place to sort of take advantage of some of those things like, you know, like, you know, Eventbrite, uh, and I'm just thinking if you you know you get people to sign up I mean once you get their contact information that's that's you know those are people you can push things out to hey if you, you enjoy this maybe you'll enjoy that that's always a a Plus,
1: we have the book club newsletter. Um, and so when we set up the, the book club, um, it's nice the newsletter people say tell us what the next event is. So we have the newsletter to communicate with them. We have a Facebook group where they can comment as about the books that are coming up, they join the discussion um, leading up to the events, we always highlight our coverage. So if we, uh, if we have an interview with the author, uh, we'll, you know, we can feature that so people can get a sense of oh what the book is. Uh, The coverage, I think, is really one of the things that make our book club special because people can get the pre-interview. We'll often run an excerpt. We'll do other kinds of takeouts. For example, we just uh, this past month, um, this month actually for July, we did an interview with uh, filmmaker Rodrigo Garcia, uh, about his book, Affair to Gabo and Mercedes. And it's a book about losing his parents. And his father is Gabriel Garcia Marquez and his mother is Mercedes Barcha. So he you know, had very famous parents, wrote a beautiful ode to them. And then in concert with that, we did a reading guide to um, reading the work of Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And we used a local professor who teaches it to community college students. And, and she wrote a beautiful piece. So the stories that come along uh, with our events are... Uh, Really compelling and and get people interested as well. And then we also drive traffic to our, our stories. And Sam is particularly good at taking our events, whether they're book club, ask a reporter. You know, we did an event with our reporters and columnists. Uh, Our black reporters and columnists about what it was like being a black reporter during the time of pandemic and protests, and we did that as a live event. And shared uh, what people said in real time about that we had 40,000 views on that and just uh, we did that really quickly, and that was just kind of spontaneous it didn't have uh, elaborate setup it was just came from the heart and that was one of our best events.
0: Yeah, I I know we've we've been talking about a lot of of these great things that have happened and a lot of the successes that you sort of created out of this uh, unusual situation. Were there any things that didn't work or things that maybe didn't start out the way you wanted it to, but maybe you changed them to make them better?
2: Absolutely. Um, I think we've learned a couple lessons along the way. A couple things that are really important is keep the conversation moving. I think other time, you know, sometimes you've gone on too long is what I'm trying to say. And people (laughs) lose interest, right? And they drop off. Something else that's that's always nerve wracking is is hosts. It's important to have an engaging host, but I would never count anybody out. We've had staffers who have agreed to join and then they get stage fright, but we, we work through it and they loosen up. We've also had people who we think are going to be really engaging who tend to be, you know, they're a little bit of a diva and uh, that can really tank <laughs> an event as well. Um, so hosts are really important and, and rehearsal is really important. And we've learned the hard way that rehearsal is very important. I'm trying to remember, Donna, do, what else? A, yeah. You and sometimes
1: <laughs> the rehearsal is just to make sure we get the tech right so that mm-hmm. we, Everything will go wrong with putting up graphics, bringing in videos, um, getting people on screen on time. So we leave that time. Um, we usually set up an hour, hour and a half before, and we say no pressure. Let's just let's just run through this ahead of time when we're going to do like our we can teach you that or or even our ask a reporter. We'll just make sure everyone's on the same page, make sure everyone's technology is working. Um, you know, run through the the images and things very informally. We don't do a real script at all. We do a run of show because when people are all working. In Different locations, we just we write in kind of talking points and verbal transitions, and then we just let it go whatever people want to say. But the other thing we learned is daytime events. Uh-uh, those just don't work very well. So uh, we try to do it when the people can do it, and Zoom fatigue is real. So like in, in, previously, events would last for a few hours. Uh, very few events, we keep them to one hour. We just uh, really try to keep them tight and good. And then we just make sure we have people that are gonna connect with our LA audience. And I think that's a good lesson for every place is sometimes you get someone who's a big name or you think is really great, but has no connection to your uh, community. And so we always look for, it doesn't always have to be an LA author, uh, but it has to be someone who has who's relevant to our readers and it's our culture, our history, our our shared experience particularly since the pandemic
0: you had a number of really great points in there is there any advice you would give to another news outlet who maybe wants to stick their toe into virtual events um, you know how should they get started what you know what things just should they try what things they should they avoid yeah well,
1: i turn right to sam she's watching what people <laughs> are reading every day you know what are the people reading right sam that's what i that was looking at
2: that is absolutely where i start where what are people reading what are people talking about in relation to our coverage, uh, either in the comments or on social media. I would encourage everybody to think of these virtual events as an extension of our journalism, if not just standalone journalism in its own right. It doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, directly related to something that your publication has written, but it certainly should be something that you know your audience cares about. We were very lucky at the LA Times to have you know, a great partnership with Spectrum that allows us to use uh in-house TV studio. We have a TV studio at the LA Times and we have a live truck and we've got all these resources, but everybody has the ability to, to be on Clubhouse, to start a Facebook Live. There, It's so easy to start these events now, video, audio, what have you, um, even like a live Twitter chat um, that's text uh, or a Slack chat. So I would start small and build up from there um, and really connect with your audience Audience. And I think the thing that you can never sacrifice is the quality of the conversation, no matter how famous or influential your, your guest might be or your subject might be, if the conversation isn't focused and tight and intelligent, your audience won't care. So focus first on those things, um, getting a quality conversation going, tying it to something you know that your, your usual audience cares about, and just using the platforms that make the most sense for the conversation and you'll be set.
1: Yeah. Newsrooms are full of brilliant people. Um, The bench is deep. You know, your beat reporters know so much. We turn to our staff and if we're going to do um you know do an event uh, around uh, a subject we look to see who knows that best in our office so uh that having a good interviewer who has good really good questions and we use our reporters we use our editors you know i'll give you an example someone reached out to me and said would you do a poetry event and and i thought well you know what kind of poetry event how can we make it relevant and the event we ended up doing in September, uh, you know, book club and poetry are like, well, will the book club readers like it? Well, we found our way to do a poetry event that was so compelling. We did an event called black poets in a time of unrest and we had uh, a national uh, book award uh, winner our la poet laureate uh, came and talked and and she did a conversation at the top of the show with our arts writer they had previously spoken before so they were comfortable it was a very brilliant uh, conversation and then we had a lineup of eight poet performers who Perform poets of the moment of L.A. right now of the experience of being black and and during the pandemic the protests it was it was so compelling and we had that was another big one we had that night or over the next twenty four hours I think we had thirty nine thousand views of a poetry event
0: we're still in, under the pandemic uh, you know usually when, we, when we're talking about it we're thinking about what was going on in twenty twenty. You know, how has this sort of evolved into this is just the thing we do with our events sort of going forward?
2: Yeah, well, now we don't want to stop. I mean, I think we all want to go back to in-person because there's not there's no replacing that type of, you know, real life interaction. But I think that we really like the ability to broadcast to people who maybe can't make it to downtown L.A. one night or or to California at all. Um, Donna is actually working on figuring out sort of a hybrid events model right now.
1: That's what we're working on because we'd like to, for the fall, uh, start tiptoeing back in to doing some in-person events. Are they outside possibly, our weather will work like that. So we're trying to work on our first events. And then also uh, so that you could come in person to enjoy it. But we'd like to offer, when we can, a virtual option as well. So you don't have to drive across town. You can get a virtual ticket and attend. Um, The other thing is some authors, um, there's a major author that we're just planning who's confirmed for December, who says, I'm not doing in-person events. I'm only doing virtual. So virtual events aren't going anywhere. And we'll be delighted to, to have that author in December. So yeah, that's, that's the puzzle we're working on now.
0: I like your story so much I, I, because you're leveraging, you know, the staff and the experience that you have at your fingertips, you're, you're listening to your audience, you're creating events that are engaging and you're meeting people on different platforms and you're, and you're promoting it and you're sort of growing your audience at the same time. This is this sounds like such a wonderful, you know, wonderful thing. I've been talking to Donna Wares, the book club editor and the live events editor at the Los Angeles Times and Samantha Melbourne Weaver, the paper's audience engagement director about virtual events. Donna and Samantha, thank you for being on the Better News podcast.
2: Thank you so much, Michael. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Really enjoyed it.
0: Thanks for listening to Better News, a co-production of the American Press Institute and It's All Journalism. API's Better News Initiative offers strategies and case studies to help transform newsrooms. You can find out more about the Better News Initiative and this podcast at
1: betternews.org.